This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Another amazing day in the life of doing it at home. And just so excited that you're here and a part of this community, a part of this family. It's two plus years, almost 200 episodes. It is crazy in the most awesome way. We had no idea we would be here when Matthew and I first sat down with a recorder in between us and started talking about our journey to home birth. Uh, So it's just incredibly humbling, and we're super grateful on this Thanksgiving week in the States. So giving thanks for all of you for this space and for baby Maya or toddler Maya now, gosh, she's not a baby anymore, for just inspiring this. And it's just become so much greater than we could have imagined. So thank you. And thank you for your continued support of the show. And if you didn't know ways that you can do that, you can follow us on Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Doing It At Home. We also have a private group for the community and for listeners, Doing It At Home birth group. And let's see what else. If you have questions or topic ideas, whatnot, you can reach out to us through the website, diahpodcast.com. You can email us, hello at diahpodcast, all the ways. You can Instagram, direct message us, carrier dove, I don't know, smoke signal, you know, (laughs) reach out. And you can also support the show and have something really cool with which you can rock your doing it at home pride or gift someone some empowering apparel. You can go to our bonfire page. So go to bonfire.com slash store slash D-I-A-H podcast, or you can click the link in this episode's show notes and you can see the cool shirts we have there available for you and not just shirts. So t-shirt, tank, long sleeve shirt, sweatshirt, or hoodie, whatever your style or preference, different colors, rocking the let's talk home birth shirt or have babies where you make them shirt. So get that, get yours right now. Go do that for yourself. Hashtag birth junkie life or for the midwife in your life, doula, uh, other home birth mama, go do it. 
again, bonfire.com slash store slash D-I-A-H podcast. And that supports the show, supports the show, supports us, keeps it running, all those great things. Okay, today is birth story day. So we're talking with Eva Whipple about her amazing journey to home birth. And it's it's really beautiful. A couple of things that Eva brings to the table that we have not talked about on the show is Eva is a cancer survivor. So she experienced cancer at 19 years old. And so we talk about how naturally that shifted up her perspective on things a little bit and really taught her about her ability to push through things and priorities in life. And she recognizes that it taught her to be present. And so we talk about how that carried over a little bit into both of her births, her first being a birthing center birth and second, a home birth. So we talk about the comparison of those a little bit. Also nursing a toddler while pregnant. I know that's applicable to a lot of listeners out there, women who are wondering about that, exploring that for themselves and how yoga, her practice of yoga has been a part of her life as a mama. And it's such a beautiful conversation. We appreciate Eva so much for being here gracing us with her energy and her presence. And I know you're going to love this story like all of them. So here it is. Enjoy. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, Eva. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm doing so great, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you today. We were just chatting for a few minutes before officially hitting record, and there's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of twists and turns and things that we're going to get into, and um, (laughs) I know it's just going to be amazing. Um, Before all of that, why don't you just kick us off with sharing a little bit about you and your family? Sure. So, uh, so my name's Eva. I'm 27. Um, I live in the same town where I grew up. It's uh, Salisbury, Maryland. We're right on the eastern shore of Maryland, like over towards the beach. And I own a yoga studio. It's solely yoga studio. Um, and so I'm, you know, other than focusing on being a mama, that's that's where I spend most of my time. I'm offering a teacher training program now, so that's been um, really exciting to to get going and get off the ground. Um, and we, let's see, my husband, Brian, owns a skate shop in town, so we're both small business owners, um, and he's been skateboarding his whole life. Um, and then we've got two little ones, so Lois is two and five months. Uh, she was born on May 7th in 2016, and she's a wild, super awesome, as crazy as she is, sweet little girl. Um, and <laughs> she, she is, she's all over the place, but she's also so sweet and loving and fun and um, lately like has been enjoying trying to like make people laugh, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sunny is five months old and is the most laid back, easygoing, sweet little guy you've ever met. I say that and then he'll probably start squealing at some point during this just because I said that. <laughs> but typically he's very sweet and laid back and easygoing. Um, so that's us. We live at home in, uh, in Hebron and we have goats and chickens and pigs and yeah, we stay busy outside and just enjoying life. 
Wow. Yeah. So you're, you're just up to a couple of things. Nothing, nothing too crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> just raising humans and running a business and taking care of animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps us busy for sure. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how home birth entered your sphere. Um, I'm aware and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were kind of thinking home birth for baby number one or that possibility with Lois. Um, but the laws weren't really set up to support that. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Yeah. So I'm, it's kind of interesting. Like I'm definitely like a reader and a researcher. So, uh, Lois, my first was super planned. Like I had been recording my cycles for like a year and, um, I had already like read all about how I wanted to uh, educate her at home. I kind of worked backwards. So I like decided how she wanted to be raised and then how I wanted to birth her. And then mm. once I was pregnant, I was like thinking about the pregnancy. It was kind of funny. I like met myself there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to have a natural birth and I wanted it to be at home. But the midwives weren't allowed to deliver at home at the time, just two and a half years ago. We were like one of a couple states where that's the case. And then that changed since having Lois um, so that I was able to have a home birth with Sunny, which was great. Wow. That's that's yeah. fascinating. Um, but so then given that, I mean, do you feel yeah. like you were still able to create, you know, the energy and the general environment of what you wanted in, you know, what would have been a home birth if it were technically legal at the time? Um, but do you feel yeah. like, you know, given what you could work with and the support that you had, um, that you still created the essence of that? Yeah, so I'm glad that you asked that because I feel like a lot of times when I listen to people's birth stories, especially like on the podcast, I can notice that there are two different types of birth centers, right? Like there's the ones that are attached to the hospital mm-hmm. that are called birth centers. And I do tend to like have a midwife on staff and we have those here in our hospitals. But then there's also freestanding birth centers. And I don't feel like they're mentioned as much because there are so few of them. Um, but fortunately, about an hour, hour and 15, hour and a half, something like that, away from my house, there's a freestanding birth center. And so that's where Lois was born. So it really was, um, I mean, it, it's an old, it's a home. Like, it's, um, I mean, it's a business, but it's, an, it's in an old house. And it felt very much like being at home. Um, and they have a low transfer rate and really wonderful midwives. So it definitely was still a really home-like experience, still no interventions, other than, you know, like the pool. I mean, you could count that as an intervention, but um, it was definitely what I wanted it to be. And I think it served its purpose for my first as well um, to just kind of give me the, the confidence. And um, it was it was great. I certainly would have done it at home if I had the option, but I love the birth center. I love my midwife there. Wouldn't change a thing about that experience. Mm. Um so it was great, but I am glad that the second one especially was able to be at home because I can't imagine having to make all those trips to the office with my two-year-old in town. Very great point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's not one for sitting still, so, um, or like, (laughs) yeah, like, she would have been wrecking at offices and (laughs) running So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do all of our visits at home, um, and yeah, it was great. Mm. So then what had you, um, interested in home birth to begin with, um, when you were exploring that process, um, you know, either before conceiving or then, you know, while you were pregnant, what had you drawn to that? Yeah, I guess maybe the 
spark of like initial interest came from a pregnant friend recommending um, Ina Mae Gaskin's Spiritual Midwifery. Um, so that was like maybe my introduction to that type of birth. Um, but it, it was really never like a question. Like right away, I was like, yeah, I, I definitely want to birth without, um, you know, without Pitocin, without epidural. You know, that was my ideal. And, and it just right away kind of made sense for me. Um, but that book I read during Lois's pregnancy and have loaned out so many times and I loved it. Um, so that one, and I, I just read and read and read and consumed and consumed and consumed everything I could. I kind of became like a birth junkie when I was trying to conceive, uh, Lois, um, or even in like the couple years before we started trying, I just had been reading lots about birth. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah. how do you feel like, um, so you have some path past, um, I don't know what I would call it, health history or experiences yeah, sure. that I feel like, you know, um, played a role into how you, I mean, essentially how you live your life, but then how you've gone about yeah. your birthing pregnancy, even parenthood, I would imagine process. Can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think I can kind of like make a direct link there. So when I was, um, when I was 19, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I went through six rounds of chemotherapy and, you know, a couple surgeries and um, really things were like relatively uneventful. Like I tolerated everything well, but of course, anytime that you're faced with that sort of experience, that sort of, um, you know, I was, I felt really fortunate to have had the moment where I thought I don't want to die. Right. Because these are the things that matter to me and this is how I want to be spending my time. And so I'm really grateful that I had that experience when I was 19 because since then that's what we've done. We've made time to, um, prioritize the things that matter the most to us, but also that taught me to be present, whether the experience is challenging or easy or, you know, quote unquote, good or bad, um, to just be there for whatever the experience is and try to be there as fully as possible. And so maybe that's kind of why natural birth made sense to me right away, because it seemed like the way to be most, um, most present in the most clear and conscious headspace. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Um, present, clear, powerful headspace. Um, all of that I feel like is on the list, right? For every pregnant or soon to be pregnant mama who's thinking about the birth experience. Um, I mean, in life in general too. Um, and I'm sure there are mamas out there at different points of their journeys who have experienced, um, a life circumstance, like what you described with your, with your cancer. And, um, I just, I feel it's so important to share it because of the, the connection, the resonance, um, the, the empathic experience, right. Of hearing someone else who's gone through that. Um, and I just, I, I appreciate you so much for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. And actually when you said that, it reminded me, so when I was, we were just about to start trying with Lois, we had like been planning to start trying for a couple of years. Um, but we were just waiting for my yoga training to be done, this sort of thing. Um, and so it was about to be time to start trying. And I went on this, uh, whitewater kayaking trip, trip for young adult cancer survivors. And if anybody, um, is listening, I want to share the name of what the group was and I can't think of it. Well, maybe I'll think of it and I'll let you know. Sarah. Yeah, I'll but, include a link um, in the show notes. So at some point, we'll okay. we'll get it and I'll oh, put it in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, me. you can check back. 
Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Sorry, we're gonna blame mom brain on that one. Absolutely. Anyways, I, was on this, <laughs> I was on this kayaking trip, um, and uh, all of these women were along, you know, with me, and some of them had similar types of cancer, similar experiences, and they all started talking about how they froze their eggs, and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't, like, I didn't do that, and that gave me this seed of like, oh, I hope I'm gonna be able to conceive, which is always in the back of our minds, like. It was offered to me, but I was 19. My, yeah. boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, we've been together for three years, and we talked about it, but I was, it would have delayed the start of treatment, uh-huh. and so we thought, hey, if it doesn't happen for us, you know, we'll adopt, and we were good with that, mm. so, um, but fortunately, it didn't take long, like, two cycles of trying, and and I was pregnant, so that's really wonderful, but I definitely had that fear, like, oh my gosh, what if I should have saved my eggs? So, yeah, but um, but I was really, you know, I feel really lucky that we were able to conceive without any trouble. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we think about that. I mean, just just the realities you were being faced with as a 19-year-old woman. I mean, not many 19-year-olds are going through a multitude of the experiences you were. And then on top of that, thinking about, right. oh, yeah, should I freeze my eggs? Like, that's not a typical, yeah. you know, conversation then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Brian's mom who asked me actually, who was like, Are you gonna freeze your eggs? And I was like, Whoa, no pressure, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so so I I chose not to and, and it all ended up working out fortunately. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so share a little bit then out of transitioning from um Lois's birth into um mm-hmm. baby number two and how that came about. Yeah, so, um, all right, so I already mentioned I didn't have any trouble trying to conceive with uh, Lois, fortunately. It took, like, a couple rounds, and that was, like, very well planned. And then with Sunny, we had actually been planning on, like, four years in between kids. That was our kind of ideal, because Lois was kind of handsome. I mean, any, you know, babe is, but we thought we want some space in between here. And so I had an IUD in, um, and I, you know, the non-hormonal paraguard, and I, you know, was still breastfeeding her, hadn't gotten a period. And, uh, like, started to just have these kind of, um, like, I would have a little groin pain. And then I started to have, like, a little belly, which is, you know, I was like, what is this? I need to, like, cut back on my bread and start running. <laughs> and, um, so I was, like, running more. And then I attributed the pelvic pain to the fact that I had started running. Anyways, long story short, I was pregnant. Wow. And so, you know, one night I'm sitting on the couch, like, drinking a glass of wine. And I, like, felt the baby move. And I thought, <gasps> <laughs> no joke I like so Brian was in the shower and I, I walked in there and I said Brian I'm gonna just pee on this old stick here that we had from trying to have Lois and it was like as positive as positive could be because I was you know like already for my whole first trimester wow I was like yeah so I was like 17 weeks we thought I was closer to 20 weeks initially because of size that's all you really can go off of at that point um, but it ended up being like 17 weeks when we, you know, 
roughly. <laughs> it's hard to say because I had no periods to go off of or anything. Yeah, but. Dang. And so did you still have the idea? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um, God, yes, because I'm assuming what happened was, like, I had it placed when Lois was about 12 weeks old. Uh, um, and I called the birth center and said, I'm having these really strong contractions, like labor strength contractions. And they said, yeah, sometimes that, that happens. If it subsides, no worries. If not, come back, we'll get a check. Well, they subsided, but I'm pretty sure I must have exploded that. So, oh, wow. because when I delivered Sunny, there was no sign of it. And huh. I don't know how I missed it at that <laughs> time, but I, that's all we can figure because it's not there now. <laughs> Dang. This is like a Sherlock yeah. Holmes case, the, the case of the missing yeah. IUD. <laughs> right. And like with Lois, I didn't have any ultrasounds at all. I just, you know, it was something I, I didn't want I didn't see you know like I didn't feel like I needed it at that time but with Sunny like I had no idea when I got pregnant I knew you know quickening had happened so I was around you know 16 17 weeks or so but um so we did an ultrasound for dating and to like look for the IUD never saw it (laughs) yeah and then my dates ended up being quite off um, understandably. So as I'm approaching like week 42 of pregnancy, we're like, well, you're not really measuring 42 weeks. And, you know, so we kind of just adjusted my dates. I said, you know, I, I so, so anyways, I, I had experienced some like prodromal labor with him and, um, really we were not sure when he was coming at all. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. then what was that process like planning, uh, for home birth this time, given that the laws were different, um, the setup was different. Yeah. What were some of the, the the comparisons and experience, so to, to say? Yeah. So um, with Lois, you know, it was the, the birth center, and you know, we went there and did a tour, loved it, and that was kind of the the, the choice that was there. So this time around, um, I knew that home was an option. We just weren't sure about financially, like whether it made more sense for us to go with the birth center or home. Um, but I know I really wanted the home experience. And um, so we, there's only really one group of midwives um, in the area, which is great because they're lovely, so that it all works out. Um, but, yeah, so we met with Susan and Chloe of Kindred Hearts Midwifery. And um, when, you know, like when we met with them, at this, I guess right around the same time of, like, you know, finding out we're pregnant uh, or I'm pregnant, deciding that we want to go this route, um, Brian decided that he could make his transition full-time to being at the skate shop because mm. um, he was working at the time as well. And uh, that way he could support me as a studio owner so I could get teacher training. So it really just kind of lit a fire under us um, so that we could be home. So then we didn't have um, – we had self-pay insurance anyway. So it really – that took the financial barrier out. We were going to have to pay whichever way we were going. So um, I thought, yeah, I definitely went – what the experience that to me seems the most ideal, um, which was home. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Gotcha. Oh, and also just, just a tiny little factor too. Yeah. You continued nursing while pregnant. Oh yeah. 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 Tell yeah. me a little Glad bit about that. that. Yeah. So, um, I think during, you know, so Lois nurses a lot for a two and a half year old. Like right now she nurses as much as funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly she does. But when I was pregnant, she had started to nurse a lot less, I think because there was less milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still nursed uh, like nap time, bedtime, and just, you know, comfort. And um, really, she still probably nursed a few times a day at least. Um, and that was all gravy during like first 
well, first trimester, I didn't even know, of course, but second trimester, it was fine. But the third trimester, especially towards the end, I will say just for anybody, um, it was wonderful and I would absolutely do it again. But like the contractions, it, it definitely brought them on pretty strong. Like that's maybe, I don't know if it caused like the uh, kind of, I don't want to say false labors, but you know, like just throughout the third trimester, there were several times where I would start having pretty strong and regular contractions that would dissipate. Um, and it definitely seemed like anytime she would nurse, it would make him a lot stronger. Mm. Um, and then during the first, so we hadn't, um, I'll, I'll kind of like go down this rabbit hole of the birth plans and everything. So like with Lois, I, um, had had a very like concrete birth plan, um, and just the last episode, you were talking about like the different types of birth plans and deciding how much you want to stick to it and that sort of thing. With Lois, I was like, this is what's going to happen each step of the way. I knew exactly plan to a T. Mm. With Sunny, having a toddler and being at home, I really wasn't sure. I like wasn't able to make the same kind of plans, if that makes sense. So it does. It makes a lot I thought, of sense. I don't, yeah, I mean, I didn't know if Lois would be cool and, like, be able to stay or if I would need her to get out of there. And at first it stressed me out. I was like, I need to know where Lois is going to be. And then I just decided, like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. The whole thing was more laid back. I didn't, you know, mean to get pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant. Everything was just a lot more easygoing with Sunny. So she was there initially in the morning when labor started because um, it was, like, 3 a.m., and uh, she was nursing and that, you know, like, and contractions started and then they picked up and I wasn't able to go back to sleep. And so that's how I knew it was kind of game on for real because each of the other kind of false starts or whatever you want to call it, um, I, you know, wasn't, I was able to get back to sleep, even if it got strong and regular, I was able to get back to sleep. This time I wasn't. And so then when Lois woke up around maybe like 6 a.m., you know, she's like wanting to nurse and I was already like in pretty strong labor. Like I didn't have any checks this time around. Um, we didn't check dilation, but I was already approaching transition for oh, sure. Wow. And she was, she was like, mommy, I want booby. I want booby. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she was, she was like, peel this orange. I'll never forget. I was like staring down on the table, like not screaming. I you know, I, was, I wasn't like screaming. I just was breathing heavily and just pushing down. Like, <sighs> and she was like, mommy, peel this orange. And I said, Brian, you have to get her out of here now. <laughs> she was definitely bothered by even just my like labored breathing. Mm. So fortunately, my sister lives close by. My mother-in-law took her over to my sister's house. Um, and then my mother-in-law came back. And um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how that went. I nursed like in the early labor. I nursed throughout the third trimester. And um there were challenges, but it was really awesome. And then once my milk came back in full force for Sunny, Lois, her her frequency of nursing increased tremendously. Mm. So she nurses a lot again. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really nervous that I would have to, like, wean her mm-hmm. um, with the second. Like, that, in the back of my mind, I thought, oh, my gosh, she's going to take all the baby's milk because she loves to nurse so much. Mm. And it just made me, you know, I had some anxiety about that. And then someone suggested to me, like, advice that I totally would would pass on um, to not borrow trouble, right? Like, to cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really important for me. That was, like, a mantra, like, in the third trimester when I was worried that I would have to stop nursing Lewis when Sunny came. I thought, I'm just going to see how this all works out. And it's worked out great. Like, when they're both nursing, she's, she gives them kisses and rubs his little head. And it's so sweet. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, let's jump back I into birthing story for a okay. second. And then I'm sure we'll sure. probably talk a little bit about postpartum and tandem nursing now a little bit more. But, um, sure. you know, you mentioned you started to describe birth story a little bit. Can you take us back yeah, there as yeah. far as, you know, once Lois was gone, um, who remained mm-hmm. as birth team for you at the house? Yeah. Cool. So, um, so it was the same like my, as far as family, it was the same people there for Lois's birth and Sunny's, which was cool. So obviously me and my husband, Brian, um, and then his mom, Caroline, uh, and my parents were both there as well. Oh, wow. And then my doula is also like my best friend, Alicia. Uh, so she was there for both births as well, which was really amazing. And then I had two midwives this time around, um, Susan and Chloe, and I had a photographer, Christy. So a pretty big entourage. Really. Yeah, I I can relate. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like with Lois, I had planned for um, you know my my mom and dad and my mother in law to be there, um, but I actually had thought that I would only want my mom and Brian there when I was actually delivering her, and I would have um, you know Brian's mom and my dad kind of outside the room but then by the time it like actually transpired um I didn't care at all who was in the room like it was such a long labor with Lois that when it actually came time I they were both still there and now I'm glad that they were um but yeah that wasn't the initial plan for Lois but it all worked out Mm -hmm. as it does so right yeah yeah Yeah. so how um (laughs) How did uh, Sunny's birth progress from the time, you know, after Lois left? And it seemed like it was a little bit yeah. shorter um, than Yeah, it than was the first way birth. shorter. Yeah. <laughs> it was way shorter. So, like, with Lois, it was, um, it was truly, uh, like, a couple days of labor mm. and, like, 24 hours of really active labor. Actually, maybe, like, 27 hours of pretty active labor, like, from five centimeters to birth. Um, and it was like six hours of pushing with Lois, like four hours where she was crowning. (laughs) It was just a long, long labor. Mm -hmm. Um, with Sunny, it was totally different as I had, you know, been told that it might be in it. And it really was. So, um, you know, I woke up at like 3 a.m. And then things were picking up pretty uh, significantly by like six, I would say, six or seven. And then um, he came at 10 a.m. I mean, it was quick. People barely had time to get there. Um, everyone kind of, like, arrived. And so Brian's trying to, like, inflate and fill up the pool. And I'm telling everyone, like, no, you know. Like, I still had in my mind that it was pretty early labor just because it hadn't been very well. And so the intensity was picking up. And I thought, I think I even said to, like, Brian and to Alicia, my doula and friend, I said, you know, I just kind of can't get on top of these contractions like I could with Lois. Because mm. I'm thinking it's early labor. And with Lois, I would, like, find a position where I could labor for a while, change position, labor for a while. With Sunny, it was like, oh, this is, this is intense pretty quickly. And then I realized that's because he was, like, about to come. <laughs> so now I feel like I was on top of things and handled it pretty well in hindsight. Yeah. But at the time, I kind of thought, like, I had another day of this. So I thought, whoa. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so it was funny. When my midwife, when Chloe got there, I'm standing in the kitchen. I, like, still had my pants on. And I was, like, bearing down, kind of breathing heavily. And she thought, okay, but, like, do you really need to take off your pants now? And I was like, no, I don't want to take off my pants yet. But she thought I was going to, like, deliver the baby in my sweatpants. <laughs> so then, uh, and Brian, meanwhile, was still, like, trying to get the tub filled. Uh, or 
the pool filling because it took a while. Um, and then I saw, I wanted, I told her I want to go to the bathroom and she kind of wanted to be prepared to catch the baby because she thought baby's coming out like right then. So, um, from the kitchen, I like walked into the bathroom. I had her tote her, you know, delivery thing with her into the bathroom. And I, I sat like backwards on the toilet for a while, which I also did with Lois. That was like a good position for me. Um, so I labored with him there for a little while. And then as soon as I heard Brian say that the pool was ready, I was like, I got up like practically waddling with his head down, like almost coming out. And as soon as I, I got in the pool, I pushed once and his head was born. Wow. I mean, I like barely made it in the pool. I think I just was really determined to have this baby in the pool because mm. that's what I wanted. And then uh, that push kind of like kicked me back. And then uh, I sat there for a couple of minutes and this was definitely like the coolest part of his birth. So I sat there with his head out in the water, like playing with his hair. <laughs> and that was like my favorite moment. I, I was, I could have stayed there like all day cause it just felt so amazing and like cool to be experiencing. And then they were like, okay, but you really need to like deliver his body now. Yeah. So then they had me go forward onto hands and knees and give another push. And that was it. Oh. Maybe two pushes, but he, he came really quick. Mm. Wow, so yeah, was I was like seven like? hours total. Um, it was great. It was, um, yeah, we were just like in my front, like in my living room, I had like this, uh, beautiful like, banner of mantras up and, um, yeah, it was, it was fast, but also because it was fast, I seemed, I had a lot more energy at mm. the end than I did with Lois. That was one thing that I don't want to say bothered me, but it kind of did. Like when Lois came out, I was so fatigued that I couldn't use my arms to like pull her up onto my chest. Mm. Like I, my whole body was like trembling. I was so exhausted. So, um, you know, I still was able to, they helped her up and I held her and everything. But this time around, it was like, oh, well, let's, let's go for a walk now. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so Had a baby. Like, what's next? So I went, yeah, let's go. So I like pulled him up and, um, and sat with him in the pool for a couple of moments. But then uh, I got out and then the placenta came like immediately. Um, and the, the room was just, everyone was, uh, it was a different feeling. Like with Lois, it was the greatest feeling of relief in the world because it had been so long that we were just waiting to see this baby. And this time around, it was like, whoa, there he is. So mm -hmm. it was different and equally as wonderful. Ooh, different and equally as wonderful. I love that. I love how that's phrased. And the photos of Sunny's birth are just absolutely beautiful. Uh, unknowingly, I think we had connected once initially a while back, um, but I yeah. I came across your birth photos somehow, and then I was sharing them on the Doing It at Home's Instagram page. And then as we were prepping for this interview, I was just you know gathering things together, and I, I made all the connections. I was like, oh my gosh, I've totally shared Eva's birth images before oh, we even had cool. these conversations. So. Um, they're absolutely amazing. You have to check them out and we'll be posting some more of them when we publish this episode. Um, so you'll have to look at our Instagram and on our, our website, of course, as well. Um, but they're just beautiful. Well, thank you. I, I'm really glad that I had a photographer this time because I didn't, well, my friend took some photos at Lois's birth, but she was primarily there as my doula. Um, this time, my friend Christy, uh, somehow in this short labor, was able to capture so many really awesome images. And, like, she even managed to, like, take some images of birth that were not explicit somehow, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> like, there's one where my midwife is kind of, like, uh, her hand is, like, over 
like you can see him coming out, but like everything's covered up other than his head. Right. <laughs> and there are ones where I've got him and like my nipples aren't showing, which I mean, you know, I could go, we could talk about like birth sensation. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> tangent. But it's cool to have the option to post those where it's yeah. like, oh, cool. I can post images of my birth without like my nipples. I don't know how she did that or if it just happened that way. But right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I get great. it. It's, it's nice to have variety, you know, like if you don't want it to is. have to put like a big starburst thing over your nipples, you know, yeah, then, totally. then sure, you don't have to. Um, got yeah. it. Um, can you yeah. share a little bit? I want to talk about just a couple more things because you bring such a cool perspective. I mean, the yoga um, practice in your life, we haven't touched on that all too much, but I would yeah. imagine it has something to do with, you know, how you prepared for birth, how you birthed, and then how you've um, healed in postpartum. What's some of that um, journey and experience for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been practicing since I was 12. Wow. Um, and teaching. Yeah, so I've, I've been practicing a long time. And um, now I'm you know, teaching teachers and owning my studio. And it's really wonderful. And I think just like the experience of cancer is that like, the, the most important thing I get from my, my practice of yoga is the idea that like, getting present for the whole journey um, is what's really important. Um, and but I will say like some of the, the practical um, tools that it's given me were really helpful, especially in the birth uh, of Lois because it was so long and, and strenuous. So definitely like having the physical strength that it gives me, I think was very helpful. Mm. Um, but also just breathing as a tool was really helpful. Um, and in that, in that birth, I kind of went into this headspace of just totally non-thinking. I had, you know, been like throwing up with every contraction, which makes the whole process sound really miserable. It wasn't. I actually really enjoyed the birthing experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds a lot worse than it was because I really loved it. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, I would try to focus on softening my body, right? So even in the midst of discomfort, I try to soften. And, um, and I teach prenatal yoga as well, which is, I love and love um, getting to help people and connect with them and recommend your podcast to them as well. Um, yeah. But when I, <laughs> when I teach my prenatal students, I often ask them to move into, whether it's like even just stretching their hamstrings or whatever the experience is that might be a bit uncomfortable, to try to stay with it and invite softness to enter the body wherever it can and to slow the breath, connect with the breath and just be there and witness sensation as it arises. Mm. And so that's kind of, I didn't do um, any like, uh, like hypnobirthing or any specific school of birthing, but I almost would call it like yoga birth, right? Like that's kind of my mentality in the laboring process. Mm. Mm. And um, yeah. how about life with, with two and yeah. and running a business and all of those things. How do you feel like? How do you feel? How, how are yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, that's loaded. No, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm home with her. I think her Sunny's like so easygoing that he's like along for the ride. I wear him all the time. Sometimes mm. I get to the end of the day and I'm like, "Where's Sunny been all day?" And he's been on me. That's um, funny. It's mostly keeping up with a toddler. You know what I mean? That's way. For me right now, that's that's the challenge. So so life with two is good. It's busy. Um, my toddler, you know, most of my time is spent just like it feels like trying to keep up with her. Um, Sunny's really a laid back little baby. He's wonderful. 
and laughing oh, right now. Hi, Sunny. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed oh. right up. But um, yeah, so I kind of feel like at times a uh, nap time business owner. I don't know if you ever feel that way, <laughs> but it's just like trying trying to get in the business when you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, but it works, and we, we definitely just have chosen to prioritize um, being together, mm. and I'm really glad that that's been our decision. Ooh, I love that, and I'm sure so many other women, when hearing that, you know, feel that, you know, whether that's, um, whether it's similar to what they're doing or not, but just when you right. feel that someone's in the space of owning and what and they're doing what works for them and, and living that, um, is awesome and inspiring. And, you know, we all, um, deserve our own versions of that, whatever it is and whatever works for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Eva, you are awesome. I'm so grateful to you, um, for sharing your time with us, which is clearly super valuable. I, um, just, just hanging out and, you know, sharing your truth, sharing your stories, um, you know, really cool comparisons and different points of perspective that you have from your life experience to, um, your expertise and and all of it. It's just, it's so cool. Is there anything that you would like to leave mamas with, or just any sort of closing final thoughts that, you know, you didn't get in there, but you just like to share that's on your heart? Um, no, I don't think so. I've been enjoying listening to the podcast the whole time that I was uh, pregnant with Sunny. So I'm really grateful to you for having me on Mm. and for everything that you've shared. Um, it's one that I share with people as well. Um, so thank you. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.